Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, February 17th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today, specifically the offense and what moves the team might make in the offseason, especially as it relates to the current roster. The Chiefs have some decisions to make on several free agents to determine whether they will be part of the future. Wide receivers Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson are part of that group, as are most of the backup tight ends. But Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell spend much of the conversation discussing the offensive line. It's complicated. The Chiefs not only have to factor in free agents like center Austin Ryder, but injured players like tackles Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, and even an opt-out in Lucas Niang. The thinking is the 2021 opening day offensive line could look much different than the group that started the 2020 season or even the Super Bowl. So let's get started talking about the Chiefs offseason as it pertains to the offense. We will catch up with the defense soon enough. So here are Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. All right, so we'll start by asking you guys, what I asked uh, Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian early this week, and that is if the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl instead of losing 31-9 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do you think that their approach to the offseason would be different than what maybe we're expecting? Um, you know, the Chiefs played great in the AFC Championship game beating the Buffalo Bills, and I think we all were – lulled into a sense of, boy, even even with a patchwork offensive line, um, even without a second you know, pass receiving tight end, even with some questions at, uh, at wide receiver, the Chiefs were good enough to win a couple of playoff games and look pretty impressive in the, in the AFC title game with that. But then – and then the, then the Super Bowl happened. And so I'm wondering how much that – might change the Chiefs' approach in the offseason. Herbie, what do, you, what do you think? If anything, I think it's going to change their approach on the offensive line. Uh, as we all know, the NFL is a copycat league. Everyone's going to see how they were able to beat the Chiefs with a patchwork offensive line. Granted, they were out Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, you know, the two guys that they absolutely rely on as their bookend tackles. Uh, we don't know about Schwartz's situation. You know, how long it's going to take for the back injury to heal? Is his career over? Is he going to retire? Uh, that that's you know that's the biggest unknown right now. Eric Fisher, torn Achilles. You know that that's going to take a while to, to heal up as well. So they're going to need offensive linemen. Austin Ryder, their starting center, is a free agent. Uh, Kalichi Alfamelli, who who started the season at left guard, is a free agent. Duvernay Tardif. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, a whole year away from football. What kind of football shape is he going to be in? You got Lucas Nang, their draft pick from last year, who opted out. So you've got a lot of questions on the offensive line. And the way to get after them, if, if people are looking at how the, the Buccaneers put the blueprint there, offensive line has to be one of their top concerns, if not the top concern. You know, Sam, the, the the Chiefs ended up with an offensive line um, with you know four guys who did, weren't playing the positions that they you know normally play, right? Only Austin Ryder was the uh, was the guy uh, at center, and and even he lost some starts. Remember, in earlier in the yeah. season, they Daniel Kilgore on a coach's decision started over over Austin Ryder. So, 
Um, obviously, offensive line is a good place to start this conversation. Um, uh, is it, it going to take an overhaul of this or just some surgical um, maneuvers for the Chiefs to, to get this thing right? Well, I think Andy Reid sort of tipped uh, his answer to, to that very question. I think it was, was, was Melly that asked him in a season-ending press conference, and he indicated that he didn't think that they needed some massive overhaul to the offensive line. And I'm sure part of that is the, the plans to get a guy like LDT back. Um, I, I do think Wiley will be back. He's not going to be playing right tackle after his performance in the Super Bowl, but he'll be back on the offensive line. They, they already knew before the Super Bowl that this was an area they'd have to address, but I do think it moves up to the top of the list. I'm not sure that's where they had it because they were able to manufacture ways to get around this weakness throughout the season, and it got exposed in the Super Bowl. And they already the, the tackles were already going to be an issue because I don't think Eric Fisher is a guy you can count on having it all next year. In fact, he might not even be on the roster because of that injury. Herbie mentioned Mitchell Schwartz. You already had to address the tackles. And they were able to, to make up for a weak interior by having two really good guys on the outside that they don't have anymore. And to me, that's going to have to be your top priority. It's interesting because they're picking at the back of the draft. That's usually not a spot to get a great left tackle. But it is a spot where you can get a great interior lineman. Usually that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like running back last year. They got the first running back off the board last year because nobody trashed running back in the first half of the first round. Same way with interior linemen. And I wonder if, if that's an opportunity to upgrade as the back end of that, that first round is to, to get an interior guy. Maybe you reverse it a little bit to where the strength isn't on the outside. Maybe you've got a little bit more help on the inside next year. I'll tell you, I'm a little worried about Schwartz, too. Uh, a back injury for someone his age Absolutely. Uh, pl playing his position. Uh, it's just there, there's a lot of unknown there. And, and, and Blair, I think that's a serious injury because um, he's a guy that's, that's shown a propensity to, to play through injury. And the fact that he wasn't able, even able to come back to practice and even attempt to give it a go late in the season, I think, is an indication that, that he's dealing with something pretty serious. And Herbie, before uh, before you went to New Orleans, I know you were covering the Chiefs. I think it was the 2014 season when Derek was it Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito suffered the the ACLs in the opening yep. game. And, season and, opener, right? Yeah. So th they weren't ready to play until the season opener the following year with Eric Fisher, you know, rupturing his ACL and, and uh, uh, the Achilles. Um, I don't I don't know what are we looking at here. I mean, is he is he going to be available? mid-season late season next year what's that's a that's another one that, that yeah that, that, I mean that's a worry the timing of his injury it obviously raises an alarm you know when you mentioned DJ and Mike DeVito they suffered it in the season opener so they had the entire regular season the entire offseason uh to rehabilitate where whereas with Fisher, you've got a seven-month window here, eight months before the start of the regular season. And so they don't know how, how he's going to be able to do it. Uh, but these are pro athletes, you know, modern modern medicine, modern technology. You know, hopefully he, he is able to get some kind of work in. But, you know, whether he'll be 100% for the start of the season, that, that's the biggest question. You know, and, and Sam raises a good point. And I'll, I'll say that finding a left tackle in the draft, picking 31st, is going to be an issue because your top-end guys will go in the top 15. Finding a right tackle, though, when you think about this, Mitchell Schwartz was a second-round draft pick. Uh, Ryan Ramchek, you mentioned New Orleans, 
was the 32nd overall pick in the draft a, a couple of years ago. And th- both of them were highly regarded as the top two right tackles in the NFL. So you could probably find a right tackle late first round, second round, but the le- uh, left tackle is going to be an issue if that's the way they want to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure that Eric Fisher's on the roster next year. I mean, he, he was already a guy that I thought, you know, it's one of the reasons they drafted Lucas Niang is because Fisher's on, I think it's $15 million against the cap, and we're talking about a team that's tight against the cap. I think they can save $12 million by getting rid of him. And so I, I wonder if he's even on the roster next year. Now, there's some things they can do. Perhaps they extend his, his deal a year and maybe, you know, give him some sort of signing bonus. But there's not, there's just not a lot of 30 something tackles that come back from Achilles injuries and are anywhere near that the player that they were before that injury happened. That it's just, it's a really tough injury. Yeah. Um, and there's also the possibility of an injury settlement for, for Eric Fisher as well. And yeah. So that's, you know, it's funny. Um, so Fisher Schwartz and uh, Duvernay Tardif, Three fifths of the starting offensive line in the uh, in the Super Bowl winning for the Super Bowl winning Chiefs were not available uh, in in this year's Super Bowl. I do think that we're at the beginning of a big transitional period for that offensive line, and um, I, I'd I'd love to see Kalichio Semele back, and um, maybe you give him a one year you give him a one year deal. He only got to play what five games this past year. Uh, how about Mike Remmers? Here's a guy who they asked a lot of this year and, and you know, had, had a bad Super Bowl, but it, is Remmers a guy that they bring back? It's funny you asked that one, Blair, because Herbie and I kind of went through the free agents, and this is the one we really disagreed on. Um, I think Remmers still has a place here because he played well at guard whenever he had to fill in at guard, and he played well at right tackle. Now, nobody's going to remember that because he played so poorly at left tackle in the Super Bowl. But I still think he can play three positions for you. Um, you know, we, we've seen these past couple of years and really much longer than that. Offensive line is not a, a spot where the same five you have going into the season are the same five that finish the season. Even if you don't go in with, with thinking that that guy's going to be a starter, I just think he can fill in comfortably for you at three different spots, left guard, right guard, right tackle, to where he still brings some value for you. And he's not going to be an expensive guy. The thing that concerns me is he turns 32 in April. Okay, He doesn't have that big of an injury history. He doesn't have any injury concerns like you have with Schwartz and, and Fisher entering the offseason. But the age factor is what, what concerns me the most at the offensive line. I think they need to get young there. They have to get young. That, that, that's how they built this team to begin with. You know, Eric Fisher – Started out as a first-round draft pick. They added Mitchell Schwartz, you know, a couple of years later, and they were still on the the right side of thirty because they were still in their twenties. But you know, I think if the Chiefs want to address this offensive line, they have to get young. And how about Austin Ryder? Is he is he the team starting center next year? And that that I, I, I see Sam shaking his head. And I'm kind of like with him on that too. You know. When when the Chiefs decided to go with Daniel Kilgore, you know, Ryder was dealing with a nagging knee injury. Remember, he also, throughout training camp, he was dealing with that knee injury. And then when the Chiefs decided, you know, Andy Reid, you know, we all thought it was a benching, but Andy Reid came out later and said, no, it's his knee still not the same. But then when he when he finally became healthy, they put him back into the lineup. Kilgore, you know, again, he's on the other side of 30. Uh, you know, do you want to bring him, do you want to sign him to a one-year deal and have him start? But 
but you're going to run into this issue every year if you keep signing the, the older guys. They got to get young. I think that's that's just the key thing. They got to get young on the offensive line. I, I think their starting center next year is a guy who was not on the roster this year, unless 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 they think Nick Allegretti could play that that spot. I think he's the only guy on the roster that could potentially be their starting center next year. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I, I do think Lucas Niang's a key to the to the offensive line next year as Absolutely. well. That, that brings up a funny point, Blair, because do you guys remember when Brett Veach was, was telling us a story about Patrick Mahomes uh, the week of the Super Bowl? And it, the, the point of the story was to tell us that Patrick Mahomes is, is just a caring guy, thinks about everybody else. And he said that he ran into Patrick Mahomes the week of the Super Bowl prep. And he said, hey, how's Niang doing? And, uh, you know, it was like that, you know, this guy had opted out for the year and Patrick Mahomes was still caring about him. And I, I joked with, with somebody, man, it, practice must really not be going well with their offensive line. If he's like, <laughs> when's the ain't coming back? You know, c- c- can he opt back in this week? I mean, what, what's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, the, the, which leads me to think that um, uh, Patrick Mahomes might have some say in the, in the roster composition uh, as it affects him, which is the offensive line and wide receiver slash tight end next year. Um, so Chiefs are going to have to make some other decisions uh, when it comes to guys like Sammy Watkins, uh, Demarcus Robinson. What, how do you guys see offensive lo- or um, uh, wide receiver position for next year and Let's start with Sammy Watkins. I, 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 should the Chiefs be at their wits' end with his uh, injury situation? And uh, just they, 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 they didn't get their money's worth. He even came back restructured this year, and they didn't get their money their money's worth from him. And I think that's the key thing there. How much is it going to cost to keep him here? You know, he's an unrestricted free agent. Wide receivers in general, when you go back to last year, there just wasn't a market for them. Uh, so that's what that's one of the main reasons why they were able to bring back the Marcus Robinson on a one year deal, because you remember he was floating out there for a while and the starter free agency. Everybody was thinking, oh, you know, he might sign a big mega deal with another another team. But when you look at Watkins, his body of work, yes, he's playoff Sammy, but it's during the regular season. It's too much missed time, too many um, minor ailments, minor injuries that just cause him to miss so much time. And I don't, I don't know if you want to spend the amount of money that you did in the past few years. And even when you restructured the contract, he was still getting paid a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, Blair, you mentioned, is it, are you getting bang for the buck here? I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think so. It's, it's, uh, first of all, Herbie, nobody thought Demarcus Robinson was going to sign a mega deal. Last <laughs> well, none of us did, but a lot of the, a lot of the NFL prognostication around the league, because, you know, I like to call them Blair's, you know, I like to call this speculation season because it is. But, you know, a lot of NFL analysts were speculating Demarcus Robinson could sign a mega deal with another team. And I think the team that he was linked to the most was the New York Giants. I wonder what the market's going to be for Sammy Watkins. You know, it's it's a pretty deep wide receiver free agency class and draft class. And so I I just I I guess I'm not ready to say that Watkins won't be back because I just – I wonder what the market's going to be. And is, is he going to explore free agency and realize there's not a lot out there for him? Maybe similar to what we saw with uh, Brashad Breland last year. You know, Breland wanted a multi-year contract. He didn't get it. So he comes back to Kansas City and gets a one-year deal. And I, I just wonder if that could be a possibility because 
it, it is just a loaded uh, free agency class for wide receiver. There's a lot of good players available and there, there's going to be four or five, or there's going to be three or four wide receivers that go in the top 15 this year in the NFL draft. So guys are going to be able to not even have to expend money on those wide receivers in the free agency class. So maybe the market comes back to the chiefs, but to me, that, that, that's a position they need to upgrade. We, we saw that in the Super Bowl. You know, the, the offensive line problems would, be, would have been masked had there been more open receivers. And especially when you watch it from the all-22 angles, there's just not a lot of guys open in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, he wasn't playoff Sammy this year. He, he was the previous two years, but he didn't play in the first two and then only had the, the one reception for 13 yards in the, in the Super Bowl Uh that's interesting from the all 22 perspective uh, that just confirms what we were seeing at, at the game that the, the, the Bucks did a good job doubling uh, Tyree kill and taking away him and, and to some extent, uh, Travis Kelsey. And uh, it was up to, you know, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, um, Daryl Williams to, to become the targets. And it just, just wasn't there for the chiefs. And Blair, they'd be in a lot better spot. We'd be having a different conversation if McCall Hardman was the player that they had drafted him to be. I mean, they used their first pick two years ago on McCall Hardman, and we just haven't seen the consistency or the development from him. I mean, I think when they drafted him, they expected that going into this year, he would be their number two guy. And I don't think you can go into a season being confident with McCall Hardman as your number two guy. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, that's that's another conversation, isn't it, McCole Hardman? He's you know he's getting ready to start his third season. And I think I saw this stat that he's second in the NFL in the past two years in, in is it plays or touchdowns of 20 yards or, or longer. So we, the speed is there, but it seems like whenever we hear Patrick Mahomes talk about, you know, the, the, the very few times and they're always veiled when he tries to call out his players, he's he always seems to be referring to McCole Hardman wasn't receivers weren't where they were supposed to be or, you know, when, when he has a funny look, you know, when you see it on the replay or TV cameras catch him, you know, doing, doing the hand signal or, you know, it, it's usually regarding McCole Hardman. So yep. can they, do they continue to try to develop McCole Hardman? Uh, he, he went on record before the Super Bowl saying that, you know, he thinks he's more than a, you know, than just a speed guy. He can be a route runner and a precision route runner, but we just haven't seen it yet, have we? I don't think so. And, you know, here's the crazy thing about this. You know, when Tyreek Hill first entered the league, and a lot of the coaches will say the same thing. When he first got here, all he was was a speed guy. Uh, but Hill attacked his craft. You know, he, he wanted to become a more complete wide receiver. And then if McCall Hardman, that's his goal. You got the perfect example there. You know, you got two wide receivers there with world-class speed. One of them went about the hard work it takes to hone his craft, to be a guy that can work underneath, you know, can run the intermediate routes, knows the entire route tree and, and excels at it. And then that's where McCall Hardman needs to get better at. You know, he, he can't be, if he's saying he doesn't, 
he's more than just speed. Then it's got to start showing up in the games. So it's a big year for him. I mean, just to add on to what Herbie said, I mean, year three, I mean, if this guy wants to stick around the NFL for a long time, this is a big off season for him to get to that point that Herbie's talking about. All right. So, um, but, but for some reason, I just don't see him bringing back all their wide receivers uh, from. Oh, no, I don't either. So is that, uh, is is this the, the time we bid farewell to Demarcus Robinson? I, I think so. I, I don't, I, I just, I don't know what value he brought to the team this year. I mean, he was a good special teams player historically, but he didn't play as often on special teams as he had the past couple of years. And if you're not getting the value out of him there, I just, I don't know what the value he brings that you couldn't get, you know, from a draft pick, even late draft pick from, from somebody else. Jared Dieter, baby. <laughs> Plus, DeMarcus had that horrible special teams play at New Orleans. Um, <laughs> that was just that was as bad as it gets. <laughs> Remains one of my favorite plays of the year. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, um, and helped uh, drive down the Chiefs' overall special teams rankings this year, along with McCole Hardman. Uh, just uh, some some poor decisions by by those two players in, in punt return situations. Um, Okay, I'm with you. I I don't think Demarcus Robinson will be a member of the Chiefs next season. I think they have an interesting decision to make with Sammy Watkins. I I think a player that needs to get more snaps, though, is Byron Pringle. And and I know Herbie will enthusiastically agree with me on that one. Uh, (laughs) As he he dons his K-State – what is that, a swimming cap or something? <laughs> <laughs> the winter cap. Uh, there it is. Uh, the fighting emaws. But uh, I'll tell you what, that, that guy, he, he impresses me every, every time he, you know, they target him or and he had, a, he had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown against the Broncos this year. I, I think it's time the Chiefs employed Byron Pringle in a uh, – uh, in a way that we haven't seen yet. I'll, uh, I will defer to McDowell uh, to go ahead and break down Byron Pringle because if, well, I, if I start talking about Byron Pringle, <laughs> it may come off as very homerish. I will point out, though, you know, when we had him on the Zoom call and he, when he saw me asking the question, he lit up because, you know, it's that E-Moth thing. Go ahead, Sam, take it away. <laughs> I, I was about to log off and just let, just let you edit, Harvey. <laughs> I, I think that with, with Byron Pringle um, – I don't think that he's, you know, ready to be a number two guy. I don't know that he's even ready to be a number three guy. I, I, I don't know that he creates enough separation to be consistently playing 40 or 50 offensive snaps a game. I'm confident in the role he had this last year, you know, being a fourth guy, um, even a fifth guy. I, I do think he's for sure going to be on this team next year. I just don't know that the, the, the best solution is, you know, if you lose a Sammy Watkins, just think, oh, well, Byron Pringle can take those snaps. I, I still think you got to bring somebody else in if you lose Sammy Watkins. I agree with, with McDowell there. I, I think if uh, Pringle to me strikes me as a complimentary type wide receiver, you know, he's not going to be your number one guy. He's not going to be your number two guy, but he's a guy that can do a lot of other things. You know, you mentioned his special teams. You mentioned, you know, the blocks that he, he was able to put, put down on big returns. That's the kind of player he is. He has, he has return abilities as well. And so he's the kind of guy, he's the kind of wide receiver that you always want on a team because he does so many other things well. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I want him to get to Marcus Robinson snaps um, and, and, yeah. and, and numbers and targets. That's where I think 
that's the, that's the replacement I prefer to me for Demarcus Robinson is, is Byron Pringle. And that doesn't preclude the chiefs from going out and signing a free agent wide receiver. Cause you, as you, you guys are right there, there are a lot of good ones. Smith Schuster's out there as, as a free agent. So we'll, we'll see what happens. With- they also have another uh, K-State wide receiver. They signed to reserve future deal. They can take a hard look at in Dalton Schoen. You know, he's a KC resident. <laughs> look at him. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think Dalton Shung goes all the way back to our scholar athlete. Um, I hope I'm not saying that wrong, but I I think he might have been one of our scholar athletes. Blue Valley Northwest or North Kid, I think, right? Northwest, I believe. Northwest, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's just let's just get the whole K State roster out, uh, Herbie, (laughs) and and, and see who the Chiefs can pick up. uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, trade for him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's stay with the offense. Well, just to correct that, Sean Sean was our male scholar athlete of the year in 2015. Thank you for looking that up. That's great. That's that's where the chief scouting went into play whenever they signed him to that reserve deal, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me give you guys a few more names and, and let's uh, project whether they, uh, the Chiefs will uh, re-sign or, uh, or part ways. How about uh, – uh, how about – this is an interesting one. How about Anthony Sherman? He, didn't, he just didn't get the snaps on, the, on offense this year. But, you know, the West Coast offense, they need a fullback, okay? And, and there aren't that many fullbacks around the National Football League that, that, that can fit this scheme. There aren't that many teams in the NFL that use a fullback to begin with. Uh, I think you bring him back because, you know, you can, get him on, you can get him on the cheap. Get him on a one-year deal. He knows the scheme, obviously. He knows what's expected of him. And he's, he's a core special teams contributor as well. He always He's always in the top three for special team snaps over the – over recent years. So Sherman to me makes perfect sense. I, I, I guess I'm a little less sure the guy only played 63 offensive snaps this year. Um, it just depends on what, you know, the, the draft class and things like that. But I, I, I think he's, he, he's 30, what going to be 33 next year. I think he's probably a guy that you can move on from. He's, he's a player. Maybe I'm wrong in characterizing him this way. I think he's a player who has value to the chiefs, but I'm not sure how much value he would have on another team. Um, I think the same way of Daniel Sorensen on, on the defensive end. Uh, he's, you know, he's a, good, a guy who was good enough to, to have the second most snaps on defense uh, for the Chiefs this year, but uh, I, I just wouldn't see another team being interested in him in the way that the Chiefs use him. So, um, but how about, um, uh, how about Le'Veon Bell? Uh, let's, what's the bottom line on the, the Le'Veon Bell signing? <laughs> uh, I, I think we both are, uh, probably all three agree that I, I, he's he's not going to be back, especially when you've got Damian Williams coming back from his opt out. There's no spot for Le'Veon Bell. What, why didn't it work out? What what what, what, did, what did the Chiefs not like, or what, what did we? There was a there, there was an injury issue, but what what did the why didn't he get more attention? Probably. I think the other guys were, were better. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they liked what they had out of the, uh, their other couple of guys with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and then Daryl Williams late in the season. I think they liked more what those guys were giving them. I thought on the, on the tape that the Le'Veon Bell looks slow. And I, I wonder how many years he's got left in this league, similar to what we saw late in the season last year with LaShawn McCoy. He's also, I, I don't think, you know, I think the, the concept was good. You know, you, you were bringing in a guy who was a, a proven receiver out of the backfield, but he just didn't seem like a good fit for this. You know, that's one of the questions I asked him during the regular season was, you know, his, his reputation is he's a very patient runner. 
he likes the offensive line to, to set the holes for him, and he finds it. But this this offense is fast. You know, you see the hole, you got to hit it. You don't have time to be sitting there waiting for the blocks to develop. It, it's you got to trust it and then go there. And I, I just think I don't think he was a good fit. I think that's a good point. It was a different. He was a different. Uh, offensive line than what he ran behind in Pittsburgh uh, when he was having those terrific years. Uh, th- those are maulers with the Steelers. And you're right. He could, he could wait, pick, pick his spot and, and go. And that's just not the way the chiefs offensive line has been constructed with, um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. All right. How about the, how about the tight end after, after Travis Kelsey, I'm, I'm not sure what the chiefs have there, what they like there. And I, I think this is a, an area that uh, that really needs an upgrade. You guys with me on that? Bring back Ricky Shields Jones, man. We never saw what he could do. <laughs> now, I, I think if anything, uh, Nick Kaiser is an exclusive rights free agent, so it, it's a sign it or, or take it or leave it type deal with him. Uh, Deion Yelder's restricted free agent. I can see them probably tendering him and bringing him back because outside of Travis Kelsey, who do you really have? You know, Ricky Shields Jones. Sign him to a one-year deal, and you know we we thought that he would be able to work his way in. That he just never got into the game. He was always inactive. Uh, but they do need to bolster that depth behind him. Nick Kaiser, uh, good blocking back, but he's he, good blocking tight end, but he was never a, a good receiving complement to Kelsey. You know, if Kaiser came in on their twelve personnel packages, there was no way to to get too creative with it because everyone knew Kaiser's just going to block. Uh, they, they got to add another piece in there as well. It's a spot that they could certainly improve with, but um, for a team that is trying to get under the cap, whatever that cap ends up being, whether it's 185 or a little bit lower, it, it's not somewhere they're going to be throwing dollars at. Yeah. And they have good, they have two options there. You know, you can tender Ricky Shields Jones at the, at the lowest qualifying offer. And if he doesn't get an offer sheet from another team, then, you know, you can get him on the cheap. Same thing with Kaiser. Kaiser, again, he's an exclusive rights free agent, so it's a take-it-or-leave-it deal. Okay. All right, guys. I think we covered the offense pretty well here. Um, and uh, I think what we'll do, if it's uh, with your permission, is to save defensive discussion uh, for another day. And uh, we've we got a lot to talk about on that side as well. So uh, we'll leave it here. And uh, for Sam McDowell and Herbie Tiope, I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff, Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Tiope and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional new sports and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So 
Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.